This is a 980 CKNW podcast. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And I'm a big Benicio Del Toro fan, so excited to learn about a new film that he is in. Oh, and he is just exceptional in this movie, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, Jill, it's a second of a trilogy. Uh, this one follows the original film from 2015 in which Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro were joined in their fight against drugs at the Mexico-U.S. border by Kate Maser, then played by Emily Blunt, an FBI agent recruited to help with this war. Now, Blunt is not in this film, nor is she referred to, but Brolin is once again Matt Graver, recruited by the U.S. government to lead the fight against the cartels, which in Mexico are more powerful than the political leaders. Del Toro is Alejandro, a Mexican attorney whose family was killed by the cartels to send a message. And Steve Forcing, played again by Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice, is a significant part of the enforcement team. There is not a time or place in this movie when you're not riveted to the screen. The action, both mental and emotional, and that charged with various kinds of weaponry, is dizzying. The story has layer upon layer of complexity. Jill, this is an outstanding depiction of the brutality that goes on every day from the smuggling of migrants to, at dark borders late at night to the huge amounts of money that the drug business and now the human trafficking business offers. We see Brolin's character, Graver, once again tasked by the U.S. officials to make the next logical move against the cartels. He offers a simple solution, get them to start a war on one another, allowing the rest of their operations to shut down or slow down. To get this done, a plot is hatched to, in the vernacular of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, kidnap a prince. Now, if you kidnap a prince, the kings will go after one another and fight your war for you. Graver had been covert as an operative in the Middle East, and now he sets to work to make it happen in Mexico. Nothing is easy, though. The operation runs into trouble early on, and the U.S. government cannot be party to it. Soon everybody is disavowing everybody else, and the fight is on at both macro and micro levels. There are subplots, too, about how the cartels recruit young men into their organizations, and it becomes apparent that one of these will clash with the kidnap operation. This is an outstanding movie, and Jill, if it were based on a novel, which it is not, I would be out there buying Volume 3 right now to see where the story goes next. Written by Oscar-nominated screenwriter Tyler Sheridan, uh, this was the first movie, uh, his, uh, and it's an exceptional foray into a world that exists in all likelihood just like this, just under the surface of the society that seems so secure. It is an outstanding film at every level, rated 18A for violence, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. I'd see it again in a heartbeat, Joe. All right. A great review of that one. My guess is Uncle Drew will not get such a rave review. Well, no, but it depends what you like. This is based on a series of Pepsi commercials in which Uncle Drew, played by Kyrie Irving, in layers of makeup designed to make him look like a man in his 70s, along with white hair and a white beard, is clear that a, it's a flimsy story, but it has some appeal. Uh, you'll see everything coming at you, like Shaquille O'Neal on his best day. Uh, Shaq, incidentally, co-stars here. But even though there are no surprises, it's hard not to like the gang that Uncle Drew puts together to play the big game in the Harlem Street League. He thought he had it made, but through a series of nefarious actions on the part of his arch enemy, Uncle Drew ends up losing his team, and now he has to somehow get a new one together. Lots and lots of cameos by NBA stars, some surprises, all pleasant ones, on who has game and who does not. And even though it's as lightweight as Muggsy Bogues, the smallest player ever in the NBA, 
at five foot three and 125 pounds, somehow you have to love this little movie, assuming you like basketball. That's a prerequisite. A PG rating, that's Uncle Drew, Jill. All right, and we've also got Upgrade on the list. Yeah, what a surprise this was, and a pleasant one. It's a B-grade sci-fi chiller, has very good bones. It comes from Lee Wannell, who did the Insidious series, as well as all of the Saw movies. This time, he's working in his native Australia with an American leading man, Logan Marshall Green from Spider-Man Homecoming, who plays a man named Gray Trace in a near-future society. When a terrible accident occurs in a self-driving car, Gray survives, but his wife, who was with him at the time, does not. In a relatively old theme in this relatively new world, he is given a technique called STEM, essentially a small piece of hardware governed by some software that enables him to walk again. STEM is part $6 million man mobility and part Alexis. It communicates with him, and sometimes when it disagrees with what he's doing, it takes over. As Gray follows a revenge-themed story to find and punish those responsible for his wife's death, we get martial arts fight scenes that are among the best I've seen in some time. They're also realistic and tension-filled. Now, the entire movie, the focus of which is uh, where does artificial intelligence begin and where does the human being end, is tense, it's gripping, it'll keep you riveted, uh, sometimes with a laugh and sometimes with a cringe. It's full value for all that it dishes up. Uh, you'll leave the, the theater feeling like you might have been walking in gray shoes just a little bit. Uh, rated 18A for violence, although I think this should, should be 14A. I've seen much more, much more violent movies at a PG rating. So 18A, but I'd ignore that. Upgrades a, a terrific sci-fi chiller, Joe. All right. Uh, sounds like a good one. Uh, we'll head over to Netflix. What's new over there? Yeah, Netflix has got Bullethead this week. That's from 2017. Uh, we have three hardened, committed criminals, a great cast here, Adrian Brody, John Malkovich, and Antonio Banderas. They are on the run from the cops who are closing in. Trapped in a huge warehouse with lots of places to hide uh, seems like the way to go, except there's one thing that's more of a concern than the police. It's a brutal, trained-to-kill Mastiff dog that's also after them. Makes a junkyard dog look like a Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, the movie has a dark overtone as it's shot largely in the warehouse, and because it was filmed in Sofia, Bulgaria, that darkness is ramped up a few notches. Uh, directed by Paul Soleil, only his second project on the low-end location budget makes it look somewhat cheap. It is good drama, though. The rating's 14A. That's bullet head, Joe. All right. And anybody, if you haven't seen the remake of Ghostbusters, I liked it. I thought it was well done. You know what? I was one of the ones that did that, too. This is from 2016. Uh, the failure of this movie to make good at the box office should not be taken as a criticism of its worth. Uh, a remake of the original that starred Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis, and Rick Moran of course. We get the gender switch up in which the key roles are played by Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and a particularly standout performance from Kate McKinnon as a welding torch wielding woman who has no fear of anything. Once again, ghosts are appearing in New York, and it's up to these ladies to do what's necessary to eradicate the spirits from the city. Uh, watch for cameos from some of the original actors, as well as a bust of the late Harold Ramos on a shelf in an office. I'm not sure why this one bombed at the box office, Jill. Maybe it's one remake that should have been left unmade, but I liked it just fine. A 14A rating, that's Ghostbusters. All right, so those are both on Netflix. Uh, Amazon Prime has a movie from uh, 1998. Very interesting film. It doesn't show up often. It's called What Dreams May Come. And there's bitter irony to this Robin Williams film in which a man, now dead in a car accident, searches heaven, earth, and hell in the hereafter, looking for his wife who had predeceased him. 
She is nowhere to be found until he begins his search of hell. The entire film takes place in the afterlife as Chris Nielsen, which is William's character, searches endlessly and finds all kinds of people from his previous life who had passed on, including his two children. Why can he not find his wife until he looks in hell? Well, because she committed suicide, and there's a very special place for such deaths. Robin Williams himself committed suicide 16 years after he made this film. Uh, the special effects here in the color are quite spectacular, and it holds up as an amazing piece of sci-fi fantasy. That's What Dreams May Come. That one's on Amazon Prime, Joe. All right, and it is a long weekend. We are fully into the summer now. Anything happening over on uh, regular television? Well, I'll talk about instinct. Man, where does the time go? Uh, tonight we get the final episode of the first season of this police procedural, uh, that uh, major drawing card of which is the character played by Alan Cumming. He used to grace Sunday night primetime television as Eli Gold on The Good Wife. Now he is a former CIA operative turned author, turned consultant to the New York Police Department, working on difficult cases, but all is done with a very light touch. Cumming, who is a gay man in real life, plays one here, complete with husband and a domestic side to his crime-fighting life that's refreshing and very smart. I really like this series. Uh, it's on Global tonight. It's called Instinct, Joe. All right. So a little something for everyone there who's uh, here uh, watching television or going to the movies on the long weekend. On that note, happy Canada Day to you, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Same to you, Joe. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.